This podcast is sponsored by the Women in Revenue. Welcome to Theodora Speaks. Today's conversation is with Moira Gorski. Not only is she a podcaster, an entrepreneur, a wellness advocate, a mother and a wife and a retired nurse, but she finds joy in the little things. She talks about the journey to joy, how you juggle the chaos and recovery, how life is messy and how we all feel overwhelmed. And what I was drawn to Moira for is placing a spotlight on the stay-at-home mom. There's the stigma out there today. You're either in the stay-at-home mom camp, if you're a mom, or you're a working mom. Two camps, the end. In my purview, I bridge that gap. A stay-at-home mom is a working mom. It's a thankless job and one of the most important jobs we'll ever have if we've ever been blessed with being a mom. How do we raise good people to be kind? How do we keep our cool? How do we stay kind? How do we find our joy when we stay at home? How do we find our outlets? It's like I mentioned, a thankless job. And so it's so important for me to call out and to thank the stay-at-home moms out there. I'm so inspired by you. And I did quit my corporate job and I do stay home, but I also have a business that I'm starting. And my goal is this business grows as my girls grow and how to find that balance. It's hard. It's not easy. I'm still searching for that balance in full disclosure. And the gratitude I have for the stay-at-home moms, a lot of them that I talk to, they do have outlets. They volunteer. They may have their own businesses and their businesses are growing as their kids are growing. And so the conversation with Moira is centered around not only being a wellness advocate, but talking about finding the joy when we raise our families. And I want you to pay special attention for when Moira talks about self-care, because self-care is so important and it's something that us moms don't do well. And she shares with us the best time to utilize it each day for ourselves. Women in Revenue lives in a world where every woman has access to a thriving, supportive community of powerful, diverse, and daring members. As a nonprofit organization, they exist to serve women in revenue-generating roles across marketing, customer success, and sales, with goals of workplace equity, inclusion, and career acceleration. Women in Revenue is a transformative organization which elevates, highlights, and encourages future female leaders. Their community strives to remove barriers and power career trajectories forward. Together, they unlock new opportunities for women in revenue, generating roles through networking, education, mentorship, and many other benefits. Visit womeninrevenue.org for more information. Hi, Moira. Thanks for being here today. Hey, thanks for having me, Gail. It's a pleasure. Yeah, it's great to reconnect with you. So Mm -hmm. you're a nurse turned wellness advisor. So tell us briefly how a nurse becomes this wellness advisor of a great brand that you and I both use. Right. Well, you know, nursing was what I, um, what I moved to when I was in college. I always loved science and 
um, as I went to college and learned about what I could do with my love of science and helping people, um, I decided to become a nurse and um, loved that in my single days in my 20s and um, then was in medical sales and found my husband and got married uh, and decided that uh, I would stay at home as we raised a family. And so went on to have four lovely children. And as it would, one of them was kind of sick all the time, just a, had lots of allergies and nasal things and tired a lot. And, um, and I, you know, the doctor was trying to help with different recommendations, different medicines, and it just didn't, it wasn't working. And, um, I was hanging out at my local health club as a lot of us young moms did. We would go and put our kids in childcare and um, go get a workout in. We got to know each other as we were working out, taking classes and also drying our hair, you know, at the, at the mirror. And one of the friends that I met there, as I was talking about my frustrations with my son, who just seemed to always be sick and he was tired. And he didn't want to have play dates because he was so tired. I'm like, I don't know what to do. And she said, well, have you thought about like vitamins or maybe going to a chiropractor or changing your cleaning products. And I, all of that sounded foreign. I had gone to a chiropractor years ago when I was in a car accident and I had whiplash. So, but I was like, I don't really understand how all of that could help, but I was a frustrated mom. And so I started to try some things. She recommended this brand that, that I use now and been representing for the last 23 years. I went to that chiropractor. I went to a homeopath that his soccer coach told me about. And I started to just learn about how, you know, important it is to pay attention to what we put in our bodies and put on ourselves and what we use in our house and how that could help us if we did more natural things that it could help to build our health. And so I was curious in the beginning, it helped my son tremendously. It helped me by changing those things and adding things and tweaking our diet. It helped. I saw a difference in him, saw a difference in my energy level as a busy mom of four kids. And, um, and I learned that if I shared what I was learning with others, which I think we all do, you know, there's a new restaurant in town and Ditka's moved to town, the new restaurant. So everybody's talking about it and everybody's talking about the Greek. So I started to share what I was learning with other moms and um, because I had that desire to help people like I did in nursing. And um, as I just, it just, you know, we started to live a healthier lifestyle and I was like, wow. And I was learning more. And so I became an expert. It was kind of like, everybody was like, oh, you're the healthy one. So can you help, help us? So I've just been on this mission to learn more about that, how I could, again, do things for myself and my family to help us live healthier lives, but then how I could help other, other people. And it's a very confusing world out there. You know, you go to Costco or you go to Whole Foods or you go online, like, what the heck are you like, yeah. what's the best and what are you supposed to use? And, and don't be buying these vitamins on Amazon. So spoiler <laughs> alert, correct. it's Shackley. And I fell in love with the brand long before, you know, uh, Lindsay on your team, I'm buying from mm -hmm. her. But when I was single, I was using these vitamins and I noticed a big difference. And now you've evolved over those 20 years since I started intaking them. And, you know, my girls take the vitamins, et cetera, and you're successful and you make this, the, the transition from nurse to, you know, wellness sound easy, but you had to make a very hard decision. 
when your littles were little, being a mother of four, to stop being a nurse and stay at home? What was tugging at your heartstrings to make you hang up the nursing hat and put on the apron and put on the gym shoes and the leggings to have a job? Well, because I had gone from nursing and then I went to medical sales and I became quite successful in medical sales and I had my own territory and I got to wear some nice dresses into the hospital. I love that. And, um, and I tried, you know, I had a baby, I met my husband, I got pregnant, I had a baby and I went back to work because I thought that's what, come on, that's what I should be doing. I have this successful career. And my husband said, I'd really like you to stay home. And um, I'm like, no, but my clients need me. <laughs> and I like what I'm doing. I feel I'm making good money. And um, one of the things that happened is one of my nursing clients, because I would go into the hospitals and consult with them and the doctors. And when the nurse, you know, we had our pictures and they showed the baby and, oh, look at the baby. And I love being a mom. And um, I said, you know, my husband would like me to stay at home, but I'm going to keep working. And she looked me straight in the eye and I don't even remember what her name is, but she said, go home. If you can go home and raise your babies and raise a family, go home. And that was one of the, one of the, you know, pushes to be home because I, I mean, I had that, I, I was raised with a mom who was around and I got to come home from school and I smelled chocolate chip cookies and I like wanted to be home. I had been exposed to that success in my twenties and having my own thing and, you know, feeling confident. And, um, I'd gone through some challenges in college. And so I was like really feeling it, but I was like, I did want to be a mom. And so it is a tough decision and it's, I mean, there's a gal that I still remember from my neighborhood. She said, who has worked full time raising her three, three kids. She's like, it's hard to stay at home. Like, it's hard to be a mom. You know, when you have a job, you can leave the kids at home and you can leave all of that messiness and the busyness and all that. It's hard to be at home, but it is. And I knew that, but I'm so thankful. You said it best. I mean, it's hard. You even use the word chaos in a lot of the work that you do in the podcasting that you do. And I help working women overcome adversity, fear, and self-doubt, be better calculated risk takers. But the conversation that you and I are having today is so important to center around stay-at-home moms because that is a huge job. There is no mm -hmm. accolades. There's no putting on that cute, you know, high heels and that cute dress, right? That great job, Moira, that commission. No, no pat on the back. No, so you got to find that joy. And I'm using another one of your words that we'll get into in a little bit. It's hard. So that journey from being a stay-at-home mom going, okay, I'm going to start a business that you didn't know a ton about, that took risk. That took chutzpah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, well, and it, it did. And it really did go to that deep desire to help people again. And I'm just, that's who I am. If I learn something or if I, something works or it doesn't work, like I want to tell people. And because I like when people tell, you know, like, Hey, there's a new thing or this, I learned, I love to learn. And so I like to help other people learn there. But you know, my husband at that time, he was doing extremely well in his business. We had four kids. They were busy and, you know, they started to get into to soccer and then to hockey and then into swimming and then into, and it was, and like you said, I knew nothing about business. 
But I saw that what I was using really helped. It was changing our lives. And I was like, well, and I saw that vision that you see in, as I started to go to the meetings from this company, as I was learning more, I saw that vision of creating a lifestyle of freedom and flexibility in a community of like-minded people and a lot of women and a lot of moms. I saw myself at those meetings. And I was like, wow, again, you, you're a busy mom home with your kids just going, oh, it's very overwhelming. And then I saw, oh, I could be part of a community of people like me that really want to help other people and we could support each other and I could learn from them and they could learn from me. And I thought, and then I could make some money to pay for these products that my husband was like, because of course I'm not making money now because I'm at home, but I keep ordering these new products. So I was like, okay, so I can make some money. I can make a difference and I can be part of a community, I'm in. And I just started to do a little bit, a little bit. And and still while I was at home with a mom, feeling blessed most of the time, but very, again, overwhelmed. Like, I love being able to be at home, but I can tuck in a little bit of this helping, making money, being part of something. I could tuck it in a little bit while I still had, was able to be at home. And so it started to feel good, but I could do it on my terms. Not like I got to check in and punch a time. You know, we used to have, I don't know how they do it now. <laughs> we used to have to punch a time clock, right? When we went into nursing or, you know, do our forms or whatever they were called in medical sales, you know, how we work during the, the week and those kind of things. I could do it on my own terms. And I, I just love that. I hear three things with you talking. You're very passionate about what you do. You're empowering others to have a better lifestyle through these products and your wellness programs. And I also hear that your husband is one of your biggest advocates and champions. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so important, whether you're, you know, you're a stay-at-home mom, you're an entrepreneur, your partner has to be your champion. And in mm -hmm. a prior conversation, you mentioned to me that he taught you how to take a risk. So tell our mm -hmm. listeners a little bit about that. Yeah, I remember when we first um, we first met, you know, I was living in the city of Chicago and um, again, doing well in my career. And I met him and he was different than the other men that I had dated. Um, as I learned later on, as I was falling in love with him and feeling like, oh, this feels a little uncomfortable because it wasn't like the men that, and that's, you know, we, I learned that as we actually went through some counseling later on in our marriage, when we looked at patterns of, you know, patterns of the type of women that, or the type of men that the women in my side of the family married and, you know, hit. And so he was different because he, a big part of it was because he took risks. And he was like, come on. I mean, we fell in love as we talk about, we fell in love going around the city. His office was in the, the city. He lived in uh, Oak Park, you know, just the first city, the first town right out, outside of Chicago. And I lived in the city and we fell in love going around, going out to dinner, trying new restaurants and just having fun. And I remember when we first, when we got married and we were looking for our first home, you know, it was, uh, we had a certain budget that we wanted to stay in. And, um, and we found this home right here in the suburb where I live now. And we loved it, but it was like $10,000 more than we, you know, we're going to spend. 
And so you live within your means. That's what my mother told me. So I'm like, oh, we, I love this house, but we can't buy it. And um, I remember we went out to dinner um, right around that time and he ordered some champagne. I'm like, what's the occasion? He goes, we bought the house. I'm like, how do we buy the house? It's more we shouldn't have bid on. He said, no, 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 come on. Let's, we love the house. And if we can't, if we can't afford it for something that happens, then we'll just sell it. You know, but he had that like, come on, let's, let's go do it. Let's go move forward in life. And I was, that was a big part of what appealed to me about, I was coming out of, I had a eating disorder in college. I had a lot of, my self-confidence was not super great in my early twenties. And I was just still trying to figure out where I fit in that. Like, am I confident? Am I not? Or, you know, like all of that kind of stuff. And he showed me that we could take risks in life and it's okay to push past that comfort zone. And, um, and, and, and that was different than the way I was raised. And so it was exciting for me. And it was like, okay, I'm in for the ride. Let's, let's go, let's go and like create this life together. And, um, and I was, again, been so grateful that he showed me about taking risks. And I sounds like a great yeah. partner, a great man. And you said, you know, he instilled the confidence in you. You also said in our last conversation, he instilled balance in you as well. Well, he would always say, you know, go and take care of yourself. So I remember on Mother's Day as a young mom, he would say, well, why don't you, you want to go someplace to a spa or go to a, get a massage or something like that? He'd talk, you know, he'd gift me those kind of things. And um, again, as a mom, we don't always take care of ourselves, right? We put everybody else first. And he started to show me that it's okay to go take care of yourself. And um, he started to show me that, and that that was important. And then I learned that even more so when we had a daughter, you know, struggling with a lot of issues in high school and things like that. And I was trying to help everybody and I wasn't helping myself. And so I went back to learning about, okay, I got to take care of myself and put myself first and having that balance. And, you know, he would, he would tell you today that he's like, oh, I was always interested in that natural stuff. And when he started to kind of tell me about that, I was like, I don't know, again, that kind of sounds like a little like backdoor woo-woo stuff. You know, he candled his ears and he talked about different herbs that he could take. And I was like, that is so weird. <laughs> but, but again, I was like, I think it was like, well, why don't you just try it? And I think that's what part of what he instilled in me was just try it. And so I'm always saying that now to my clients is like, just give it a try. Here are some choices for you. Try it. Do you like the way you feel now? Do you like the way things are? If you don't, well, just try it. Take a risk, right? Just try it. I'm, but I'm an ad, you know, I, again, I, I'm an advocate. I'm well-versed in what I offer. So I'm the expert. So trust me, but make, take a risk, you what know, I love, give something. Yeah. What I love about what you, how you're describing your husband and excuse me is the risk because women are risk adverse. And so in my mind, he's a great example of an ally and someone that we can learn from if we are risk adverse, if we are afraid of failure, because he's saying we try, try again, or we pivot, right? We, we can make up for it. And I think that's really, really important when we talk about calculated risk-taking. And he mentioned yeah. two of my five pillar methodology of calculated risk-taking, the confidence and balance. And mm -hmm. so I, I think that that's just fascinating. 
Yeah. Well, and I think we've all seen, many of us have seen that during this, you know, last three years of um, the pandemic, like people have, I've been introduced to so many people that have, have taken a risk for whatever, you know, they've been maybe forced to, or forced to make a change or, um, or they've been sitting at home without a job or things have changed because of that, you know, the world shutting down and all of that. And then they were like, am I really happy doing what I'm doing? And there, many of people said, I'm not. And so what can I do? What can I create? And I think those are, it's so exciting to meet those people because they've created something they have taken. It's a big risk. They've many have taken a big risk, but it's like, they were kind of forced, right? We were all forced to something and something different than what we were used to. And that caused many people to really evaluate what are you doing in life? And are you really happy? And, um, and if you're not, you can do something different and you can make a change. And, and you're honing uh, in on that, right? With your mm-hmm. second season, your podcast all around joy, mm-hmm. the journey to joy. Well, and as we've talked prior, you know, they, I, I focused a lot on my first season of my podcast on overcoming addictions and overcoming challenges. And the fact that there is chaos and there's juggling, and there's no doubt that all of those things will remain. But really what I want to focus on is getting past that and focusing on the good, focusing on the joy and that we can, we can sit and say, I don't, I want things to be different. There's all these challenges and I want things to change. Yes. And, and then you can take that risk and you can step into, okay. Cause I, in my own experience, I was waiting for that joy to come back. I was again, I, a mom, busy mom of four children. Um, I had a thriving business. I had a daughter who started struggling with life-threatening mental health disorder. Things were really rough and things were getting a little better. I had to learn how to reclaim my health. Things were getting better, but I was waiting. Like, when's it really going to get better? I'm still waiting for the other shoe to drop. When's it going to get better? And I realized that nobody's coming and it's up to me, right? It's up to me to go find the things even if I didn't feel so good about going to a class or going to a, you know, like I, it it was up to me to go find things that would bring me, bring me joy. There's no, um, oh, yeah. And what advice do you have for the stay at home mom listening going, will I ever find a piece of me again, besides just being known as mom? Yeah. Well, my, my answer to that is, Absolutely. And you can, you know, and, um, sometimes it takes, I think, you know, sometimes it takes getting, finding that time. If you can find a little time for yourself as a young mom, maybe get up a little bit earlier than all your kids do and just spend some time thinking about, you know, what, what would that look like if you could do something, if you could, you know, and think back to those skills and talents that you do have. Cause so many moms, you know, like me, they stayed at home, but I had a lot of skills and things that I was good at that I got schooled at and that I had experience at, but we put that, you know, we, we put that on the shelf when we decide to be a mom, but I always tell moms like, okay, but think about that. Don't forget that you are, you have this, the organizational skills or whatever the case is. Um, and again, if you could create a life for yourself, not a life for yourself, because that sounds like, you know, but you know, something of for you, right. That has purpose, that has meaning for you. 
outside of being a mom? Like, what would that look like? What would light you up? What would make you really excited to do that and start? And I'm a big journaler. I created a journal, like write, start to write those things down and think about that and meditate, find that quiet time. It's hard to think when all the kids are screaming and all that. So that's why I say, find some quiet time and think about that. And, um, and then if you, if it, if you land on something, you know, John Maxwell uh, said as he was uh, growing and becoming successful, he would look at people that he really admired and he would go and he would look them up and he'd call them and he'd ask if he could come visit. And he would sit and I'm not sure what book he talked about that in, but I read that in one of his books and he would go and talk to these people that he admired and he would ask them certain questions about their business or how they became successful, or how they did what they were doing so that he could learn for himself. I think that, that I've done that with my business. I've reached out to many of the people that are top level leaders I said, how did you do it? How did you build a team? I don't have the business background. I know how to you know, I'm really good at helping people with products, but how do you lead a team? How do you become a leader? I reached out to those that have gone ahead of me to learn from them so that I could, you know, better myself or learn those skills. And I always say that to moms, like, you know, if you're not sure, like, just talk to somebody that's doing something that maybe interests you. I always say that to myself, like, you don't have to say yes to me, like you're going to join this business of being a wellness advocate, but let's have a talk. Let's have a conversation. And so you can ask questions to see if it does fit. And if it doesn't, doesn't, but if it does, well, then we can move forward. What you're saying is so helpful and inspirational because we have to think how an elephant eats one bite at a time. And so sometimes we do get in these ruts of like, is this ever going to get any better? Will I find myself again? Will I have an outlet? But carving out that extra time, getting up early, like you said, even if it's 30 minutes to read a book or journaling mm -hmm. and thinking about where you want to be in six months, one year, three years, five years, and kind of working towards that goal because it doesn't happen overnight. And I think oftentimes we fall in this hole of darkness if I don't know how to get there, so I'm mm -hmm. not going to do it. Right. But if you take right. it one bite at a time, one step at a time, it can be life-changing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I know that, um, you know, I was getting excited about what I was doing and I would see, I'm a big visionary. Like I have like the big vision and the big, the big white tent that I want my team, to, you know, all of that. But my husband would say back to my husband, um, he said, you know, as the kids are in school more, then you can just do a little more. I mean, when you have your own business, you can do that with it. And again, I, we didn't, I wasn't growing this business. I wasn't reaching out and trying to help other people for, we didn't have the big need for the money at that time, but I really did want to help people. So it was, it was nice that again, I didn't have that big, you know, it's different when if you're a, uh, you know, all of a sudden a single mom and this is your sole income. I mean, you have to do things differently, but for me, like, as Tom said, is the kids are in, school more, you just do a little bit more. And that's what I did. I just put a little bit more time into it. And then when the kids were gone from the house, I could have some moms over here, or I would have moms over with their kids and they'd play in the backyard. And we would talk about, you know, vitamins for their kids so that they're healthy, those kind of things. So you just figure out um, a way to do it. And like you said, just little, that was kind of our motto in the beginning. My girlfriend and I, when we started, it was like little by little, little by little. And so we just did a little. And I still do the same thing when I talk with people, clients about, 
improving their health, losing weight or getting better. You know, it's like, just do a little bit. You know, you can't, you know, just create some little habits, drink one smoothie a day, <laughs> take one vitamin a day. You know, they're just like those little habits, like you said, just a little bit. And you keep doing that over and over and over again. Then before you know it, it's just second nature. Yes. I, it's the habits and it's the positive thinking that mental mm. wellness, right? I think is Absolutely. also so important. Those habits and how we think about getting there and enjoying the journey, not just getting there, but enjoying the journey. And I like what your husband said, as the children get older, your business can grow or you find something else because once they're out the door, I hear a lot of women say, well, now what, now what, what, what do mm -hmm. I do? What do I do with myself? But you've had that self-discovery. You've had a taste of what you like and what you don't and where you want to be that you never lost that part of you. And you're instilling mm -hmm. a lot, you know, in your kids too, being at home, raising them, but then also having this little outlet you're inspiring and motivating them to be hard workers as well. Mm -hmm. And like you, my husband's a big champion. My dad was too. And before he passed away, I asked him, I said, you know, I'm struggling to leave this great job. Like you said, with great pay and climbing the ladder, do I leave now or do I leave later? And he said, wait it out a little bit because as your children grow, they need you more and you know, you'll figure something else out too. And I thought that that was great advice. So like your husband said, what I'm trying to do with my business is grow it as my girls grow and be okay that it's baby steps now, mm -hmm. which was hard for me to swallow because being in sales, I'm a goal getter, not a go getter, right. a goal getter. I seek a mm -hmm. challenge and I'm going to achieve it and overachieve it. So it's hard to press the, not ease up the pedal a little bit and still mm -hmm. feel fulfilled. That took me right. a while to get there. It didn't happen overnight when I shifted from being a stay at home mom with this outlet of running my own business. I wanted to supercharge well, I, it, but you right. can't. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you can't. And again, it's those, there's nothing wrong with having goals and writing those down and working to achieve it. I, I'm the same way. Like, I just want to, I just want to get it done and I want to go after it. Um, but, um, but yeah, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with Again, that's what I've, I've learned to surrender into this trust that, again, I don't have to know exactly what the path is going to look like. It doesn't, because it's probably going to look a little different than the way I want it to look. Um, but if I keep working hard and doing those things that um, I know are good, then those things come. But then back to that, also the... Um, being a stay-at-home mom and all that, I believe that we are to be a living example to our children of what it's like to take care of ourselves, right? I learned that with, um, you know, when a couple of the kids weren't taking care of themselves very well. Like we are to be that living example for our kids for, again, how to take care of ourselves, how to set those boundaries. But really, I've heard that from my oldest son when he got married and he wrote me this nice, wonderful letter before he got married, you know, in there was like, you know, you guys, dad and you taught us how to work hard, you know, to go after what we want. And so I believe that that's what we are as, as parents, we're the living example. And, and I think it's, it's wonderful to be a stay at home mom and raise your children. And I believe that it's also, like you said earlier, like sometimes women, they just get lost 
and who they are gets lost. I had a gal say to me this week, says, I need to find myself again. I feel like I've lost myself within this motherhood. And so finding something again, you don't have to give up being a mom. You're always going to be a mom, but you need to find something of your own. I have a girlfriend. She started painting. She loves to go watercolor paint and the beautiful color. She's creating gift uh, greeting cards. And like, she loves that. That's her thing. She's also a mom of four and she has a little wellness business on the side and she loves painting. You got, and it lights her up. Again, that's what we, um, being a mom, motherhood is a very noble profession, but mm -hmm. we also need to, you know, I found that also the kids walk out the door, you know, to go to college, to go get married. And like a piece of you leaves with them. But like you said, many of the moms sit back and then like, now, is this it? Like, is there anything else? It's like, yeah. but there is, there can be so many times they're like, okay, well, I'm going to wait for my husband to retire and I'll go play tennis today. And there's anything wrong with that. But, you know, like there's so much life to live after your kids are gone. And so having something of your own is so, so important for women. And be comfortable with that uncomfortable of reinventing yourself. Um, maybe this mm -hmm. woman who says a painter, she's painting just to feel fulfilled, or maybe she is selling them on the side, right? Which is, which mm -hmm. isn't a bad thing. Um, no. You know, you were talking about being a living example for our children. So I have to ask you, because you mentioned this a couple of times now, you had an eating disorder, your daughter's struggling. Did you feel like that was a, a mirror of you? Did you feel like you failed. I mean, that had to be so hard. And maybe it still is Moira. So I hope you don't mind me going after a sensitive topic. No, I don't mind it at all. And um, yes, to all of those questions. Um, you know, I, there's a component of um, an eating disorder that they say is genetic. And as we started to uncover that our daughter was struggling with that, and I noticed those behaviors in her that I had had earlier in my life. It's a really scary time. It was a pain that I felt like never, never had felt before. And, um, but, um, but I learned that it's also not all my fault. I felt like I felt pretty guilty. And I, I, again, work for a wellness company that talks about dieting and getting healthy and all of that stuff. I have to tell you, Gail, that it was the time of a lot of learning about coming to terms with, like I had, again, I had had an eating disorder. Um, any type of eating disorder is a terrible disorder. Mine didn't last as long. Um, and I wasn't, you know, as long as my daughter's. My daughter's in a much better place now, thankfully. But it's been eight years of, of really pretty bad stuff and wondering if our daughter would survive. Um, so I did learn a lot from that. I learned that it wasn't my fault. Um, and But there were also things that I could do and things that I could say differently. And I needed to get real about how I did talk with other women about losing weight or getting healthy. I really had to, I really had a time of coming to terms with how am I showing up here and how do I want to, because again, this business of mine has served me in so many ways. And I, I met a gal that's in the direct selling industry and in this, um, and her daughter was struggling. She goes, I had to leave. I had to leave that company because we're all talking about diet culture. I'm like, no, no, we don't all have to talk about that. So, you know, I started to really get real about that. 
um, it was a tough time and I wanted to help my daughter and I figured I was the expert because I had one that I could help her overcome that. And um, it got to the point where I had to, um, I had to give her over to the care of someone else. And that's, uh, I'll never forget that, that day, the first um, time that we admitted her to a, to a, you know, a, a place that she had to, she stayed there. And um, so that they could, so the experts could take care of her. And um, for somebody like me that gets things done and that can just do it all, it is a really tough, and I also created a daughter who's, you know, I mean, people with eating disorders have very, they're drivers, they are perfectionists. I created a wonderful daughter who's independent and a driver. And um, it was scary for her because she didn't know what else to do. This was a disorder that just took over. And I realized it was a mental health disorder and it's not my fault. And it's a, it's a terrible insidious disorder. But I learned during that time, something that one gal told me, <clears throat> told us in a support group, a mom, the daughter spoke about recovery and how she recovered. And the mom got up and said, you know, I learned three things during these times is that I needed to get off the roller coaster. And meaning that I needed to get off the roller coaster of her disorder. I wasn't going to leave her. I was still going to love her. But I had to get off that roller coaster of, oh, wow, she's getting better. She's getting better. Oh, things are good. Oh, she's going to be home soon. And then the next moment she calls and she's screaming at you and you suck and this sucks and I'm there, don't care about all of that. And then the next week, it's all better. And it was up and down and up and down. She said I had to get off of that. And my number two, my, my husband and I had to go and, um, learn about this disorder. Um, and I took that to heart. I thought I knew a lot about it. I didn't know. I didn't know everything about it. So I read lots of books, um, and went to support groups and things like that. And she said, and I also got a therapist for myself. And I remember walking into the door of the therapist here in town and she said, you know, introduced herself to me and I to her. And she said, what are you doing here? She goes, I usually counsel the, the children with the eating disorders. I said, I don't know, this pain that's coming up. Like, I'm not triggered to go back to any of those behaviors, but there's a pain inside of me that like, I don't know what to do with. And so I had to go get some help for myself to figure out how I could deal with that and learn about this, you know, again, taking care of myself and stop trying to take care of everybody else and stop being a martyr and like, this sucks. And why is this happening in our family and all of that? I learned that I had to be the leader of my own life and take care of myself first. And I'm telling you, for all the moms listening, you know how hard that is. Regardless if your kids are struggling with a mental health disorder or not, it is so hard to say, guess what? It's time for mom today. And I'm gonna take myself on a date. And I'm none of you guys like to watch movies. So I'm gonna go to the movies by myself and I'm gonna eat the popcorn by myself. And I'm not gonna share it, you know? You know, things like that, and I, or just I'm going to get up early and I'm going to take some time for myself, or I'm going to go for a walk. Or by the way, I need a little bit of support here. So would you come and go for a walk with or me? Or leave the country like you and I just did. We both got back from separate right. vacations, which was right. so great for the soul. Absolutely. And one of the times that I went to out of the country was right after that woman said that at that support group. And it was an incentive trip that I had earned from Shackley. And I was like, I don't think I can go. I don't think I can go. I don't think I can leave the country. Like, how can I do that? And she told me that. I heard that at the end. I said, you know what? I'm going to go. And she had all, my daughter had all the help that she needed at that time. 
I don't remember if she was inpatient or partial or whatever she was, but she had what she needed. My parents would be at the, here at the home. I made meals for them. She was all set. So she was going to either make the choices to do well in her treatment or not, be it that I was in town or out of town. So I got on the plane and I went out of town. It was a big step. You know, again, we cancel plans because we're going to take care of everybody. We need as moms to take care of ourselves. And that was, it was an extremely difficult time. And some, many people ask, well, would you want that to be different? And I'm like, not really. Like in the midst of it, yes, I didn't want that. When you're on the floor of your kitchen crying out to God, to the God and that you know of to save your daughter and to save your business and to just, you don't know what else to do. You wish that you didn't have that moment. But what I've learned during that time of just, again, taking care of me first and putting myself first. And so much that I learned about boundaries, I learned about boundaries. I thought I knew about boundaries, but I think boundaries I knew were like consequences. Like if you're home at 1115 instead of 11, then you get in trouble. You know, I had to learn about boundaries because boundaries is how we teach other people how to teach, how to take, you know, how to treat us instead of like, you know, when to be home for dinner and better clean up your room. And if the, the phrase, if you love someone, set them free comes to mind and you, and you set her free and left her with the experts, which had to be so hard. And thank you for sharing that vulnerable story with us. Your daughter sounds like she's doing well, like she's as amazing as her mom. And I give her a lot thank of credit you. for, for wanting to get better, right? Cause you have to want it within you. And I, I think that that's, that's beautiful. Yeah. And I think that that's, because I do have conversations with moms. I just had one last night with a mom whose daughter is deep in the midst of her eating disorder and attempted suicide and she took a bunch of pills and it's terrible. And it's so hard to tell a mom, like you just, just go take care of yourself. And she, and she has to want it. Cause she's like, I'm begging to God that she just like, you can do that. And until that daughter decides that she, that, that she wants to live, there's nothing you can do. I mean, I interviewed a daughter and a, I mean, a son and a mom for my podcast who found my podcast. I was so thankful for that. They wrote a wonderful book, but that's what he told me when I said, you know, they both recovered. They were both addicts and they both recovered. It's a beautiful story of hope and redemption and uh, uh, overcoming. But I said that, you know, your mom recovered first. She was such an advocate for recovery and health. And I said, you know, she kept trying to help. And she said, how did that feel? And he said, until I was ready, it didn't matter what she did. And it's a really hard pill to swallow. I had a therapist said, say to me, never lose up hope, never lose hope that your daughter will recover. But she said, give up expectations that she will. And that's really hard, but I'll never forget that. And it's so true. I mean, I would get off the phone with her from a treatment center and she called and cried and screamed, all this. I'd go for a walk. You know, it's just like, it's so hard. But that's the best thing we can do is to, again, set our kids free. We can, we do the best we can in raising them and being that living example, right? And then we have to accept the choices that they make. And we can still speak up and say, hey, listen, dude, I don't really think that's a good idea what you're doing, but I'm still going to love you regardless. You're, you know, it's hard as a mom, but it's, we have to do it. Your empathy in action. You really yeah. are. You're super empathetic. And I appreciate what you shared. And as we wrap here, we have in common the dump on the hump. 
few years oh, yeah. ago, <laughs> so we do. Went to Glenbard West High School, where Lucas was filmed in the 1980s. One of my mm -hmm. most favorite movies. We also have a woman, Jean True, in common. Mm. Yes. And when I called her, I said, I called her up. We were catching up. And I said, you know, while I have you, what is one word that describes Moira? And she said, oh, I, I can't come up with one word. Oh, no. <laughs> talking, she said, she's a good example of practicing self-care. Mm. And you've said that, you know, throughout our conversation today. And so... Any last tip for the stay-at-home mom, the working mom, stay-at-home moms are working moms for the record in mm -hmm. my mind. How do we calendar self-care? Well, I think it's, um, my self-care tip is the morning routine. And it can be 10 minutes, it can be an hour, whatever you have time for, but setting a morning routine. And my morning routine includes some that quiet time, can be prayer, meditation. I love the insight timer app for a nice guided meditation, but journaling, writing those things down, getting those thoughts out of your head. It's like, I say, it's like free therapy, but somebody that I interviewed yesterday, she said, it's a way to hear ourselves. It's a way to hear yourself is by journaling. And so spending some time writing some things down. And then I do some type of movement. This morning I went for a walk. It was a pretty long walk, but it's a beautiful day here in Wheaton, Illinois. So we went for a long walk. So I do some movement and I do some nutrition and all that, but that, that small, you know, that it's not small, but like that self-care piece of meditation, journaling, writing, prayer. Um, I encourage people to find time for that. Um, I didn't do that before, but when I find, I find the time when I do that, the days that I do that, my days are much, much better because you start your day off just in a good space and taking time for me. And, you know, you, you don't pick up the phone. You don't like start answering to everybody else. You don't pick up your emails and your phone and your text. You just like go and spend time with you and give time to you. So you got to fill, right. They say that you got to just fill, fill the cup up. And the more you're filled up, then the better you are to take on the day, whatever is going to come, come your way. That's my biggest, biggest tip. And know that if you ask for help, there's that doesn't mean that you're not capable. It just means that you need a little bit of, I call it support instead of help. So you need a little bit of support. It's okay to ask for help. Um, and it does, but it doesn't make you less than because you need a little bit of extra help someplace. Weak. Well, thank yeah. you for this heartfelt conversation, Moira. It's been a pleasure. And uh, thank you for having me. Wellness, find the joy, and take your Shackley vitamins. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> Thanks, Gail. Special thank you to Moira Gorski for being vulnerable and sharing her story with us. I thought it was so inspiring when she talked about self care. I also found it pretty emotional when she talked about her eating disorder and her daughters and how she's helped her daughter and she's never lost hope, but that expectation she had to lax a little bit. And if you love someone, sometimes you do have to set them free on that path to healing. And I give her daughter a lot of credit for taking charge and wanting to get better. I give Moira a lot of credit for being so good at self-care and sharing that trait with others and how we all can be better at our self-care.
I want to thank New Voice Studios for producing today's podcast. I couldn't do it without them. And I wouldn't be here without you, my valued listener. So thank you so much for tuning in today. The three key takeaways with my conversation with Moira are number one, self-care. We all can benefit from it. So let's get started today and set boundaries and covet our time. Second, asking for support is not a weakness. It's a strength. It takes a village. And lastly, number three, be a living example to your children. Once a mom, always a mom. Teach your children self-care and how to take care of themselves. It speaks volumes about your character and the generation that we're raising. I invite you, speaking of kids, to follow me on my new handle, underscore I am Theodora. This fall, I'm launching a children's line, Girls in STEAM, empowering them to take calculated risks when developing their superpowers. And they are the children's version of the adult characters in my book. So follow me at underscore I am Theodora and visit me at gailkeller.org for more information. Thank you and stay courageous. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.